Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Flash Gun Casey, press photographer. Out of a big city's roaring life, out of a great newspaper's pounding heart, come the exciting adventures of a man with a camera. Flash Gun Casey, press photographer. Columbia presents a new adventure character, Flash Gun Casey, press photographer. Tough, daring, typical of the men who often risk their lives so that you may see the news as well as read it. Their salaries are not large and they seldom get much credit, but their lives are packed with danger and thrills. Tonight and every Wednesday night at this time, Columbia invites you to follow the story of Flash Gun Casey and the people who pass in swift-moving parade before the shutters of his camera. Tonight's story, The Case of the Switch Plate. The clock in the tower of the express building reads exactly 7 p.m. In the city room, Ed Burke, the night city editor, is arguing with Casey, a tall, powerfully built man who is carrying a plate case and a camera. Quit griping, Casey. You've got your pictures, I'll go develop them. Okay, but for the last time, don't send me to any more weddings. I hate weddings. Tell me that when you marry. That day ever arrives, I'll see that it's a private one. Not an Easter parade. Not a big shot there, huh? Stage, green, and radio. I was knee-deep in celebrity. Did Ann Williams cover the story okay? I guess so. My job was to take pictures of the clan base, not to write about it. Many a guy would give a month's salary to be in the same room with Gloria Dolores. Now, what's what the matter now? That name, Gloria Dolores. I wonder who dug that one up. Miss Dolores is one of our most famous movie stars. With all that's going on in the world today, a mere wedding is unimportant. Whenever a woman like Miss Dolores gets married, it's not a mere wedding. And I hope you've got some good shots. White satin and orchids fairly dripped from the lens. And the Express would like to use those pictures sometime tonight, if you don't mind. Okay, okay, but if the public never sees it... Sorry, Miss Dolores, what do you mean to do? Thanks, Anne. That's what I mean. The story of the Dolores one. The poor guy doesn't count. Already he's missed the Dolores. How did the pictures turn out? He wouldn't know. He's been too busy arguing against that wonderful institution known as marriage. I'm not arguing against it. I only say send someone else when our dear paper wants pictures of the happy... Our dear paper... We'll cover a lot of assignments like the Dolores wedding. That doesn't mean I'll have to like him any better. You mean you'd rather be taking pictures of something? Are you kidding? But Mr. Dolores did look sweet, didn't he? Did look sweet. And so did the groom, Mr. Dolores. (laughs) Thank you. 
Knocking at my door. Well, come on in, William. Hey, not so wide. You're letting in too much light. Oh, in here. That, that's why they call it a dark. Really? I'll put you in. I just put him in the suit. Faces and figures should be showing any moment now. And we do know it's not I'll do anything to look at him. You, uh, you hold on. Okay. And stop whistling. I don't know why everyone does that when they come into one of these rooms. Speak. You won't stop. They'll develop... Oh, okay, Mr. Casey. Okay. Wait a minute, my ear. Hmm. This doesn't. He has a marvelous smile, isn't he? If you say so. There's a hundred million up. Hey. What's this? Whatever it is, it's not a wedding. No. Looks like a workshop. Hmm. Look, here's another one. A long room filled with odd-looking machines. Yeah. And here's a close-up of one. I never took these. How'd they get my camera? Somebody took them. Yeah. Well, get this. Some guy running... Well, he's running right toward the lens. Yeah, he looks mad. Uh-oh. Recognize it? No, but I do everything else. Or I think I do. These pictures are of the Hartley Laboratories. The Oh, he's an inventor, isn't he? One of the greatest. He's a regular estate. Six or seven buildings on the place. Conducts all his experiments there. Hey, this looks like a machine shop. I uh, suppose a lot of people would like to nose around there. You can say that again. But they're not allowed to. All their work is done in secrecy. Hartley even has his own private guard. They won't allow a camera within a mile of the place. <laughs> I send a guy to take pictures of a wedding, and he comes back with a Hartley laboratory. But I tell you, I never took those shots. You think I'm crazy? I know, I know. And the ones of the wedding, you didn't take those either. No, someone picked up my plate case by mistake. I got his. See? It's almost exactly like mine. The gentleman was very careless. It was a natural mistake. Why, we were stumbling over each other. That shindig was represented by every news photographer in town. Not forgetting the ones from the magazine. Yeah. Well, whoever he is, I'm glad he didn't hold the laboratories to an exclusive. At least he took some pictures of the wedding, too. Well, we'll have to run them. I doubt if that plate case of yours will ever turn up. I'll get it back. You're lucky he didn't walk off with your camera. And that must be like mine, too. Hey, look, Burke, this is serious. The guy who took these pictures had no right being on that property. I suppose I don't know that. Hmm. <laughs> well, what's so funny? I'm thinking how surprised the guy was when he developed your pictures. All that glamour and no machine. You know, what I can't understand is this man here. He's running right toward the camera. Yes, that is odd. It looks as though he... Hey, wait a minute. Who were you near at the wedding, Casey? And I've been trying to think. Blake the Star is a good man. Yeah. Raymond the Inquirer. John's a fashion magazine. Mm -hmm. The four of us sort of stuck together, moving around, taking shots of the other celebrities as well... Oh, but it couldn't be one of them. Why not? I've known them for years. They wouldn't take a chance like that. Some guys that sell their souls for a little dough. I'll take this. Burke speaking. Yeah? What? That's very interesting. About six hours ago, eh? Thanks. Okay, I'll switch you to a rewrite. Dixon, take this. That was Kelly. Ah, uh, Kelly, who covers the police? Yeah. They just found a plainclothes guard out of the Hartley Laboratories. Two bullets in his chest. Killed about six hours ago. Does that mean anything to you, Casey? Yeah, it does now. He's the guy here in the picture. 
He was running to stop that camera. And in the excitement, our photographer got him on the film before he shot it. Yeah, that's the way it adds up. Well, get out there and see if we're right. And check on your friends, Blake, Raymond, and Johns. And be careful. It'll be much easier for him to finish off his second victim. And from where I sit, you look like the next prospect. What a beautiful woman. Mr. Lorries looks extremely lovely. The guests charming. The ballroom and table beautifully decorated. But I can't see where any of it helps me. But I've explained, Mr. Koch. I never took those pictures. Then who did? Well, I don't know. But I suppose you do know that he has the ones you took. Well, he must have. Hmm. And like these, no doubt, developed by now. I, I don't remember my plate case being out of my hands for a moment. A moment would be enough. Well, there's no way they can trace it to me. I'm safe. Are you? Took us a long time to arrange getting a man in there. I mean, at a time when he could work with a camera and not be interrupted. That opportunity won't come again. And, and I suppose it's useless to ask for money? Quite, you failed. Well, I greatly appreciate looking at this very lovely actress. I would much more appreciate looking at the photographs you lost. Especially the ones of that new fog-penetrating machine. I know two corporations would pay $100,000 for that. I've never failed before. And you've always been paid before. I was listening to my radio just before you came in. Do you know the guard that you eliminated has been found? He came out of nowhere running toward me. And you stopped his running, huh? Yes, I had to. I, I think his picture's on one of the plates. Very clever. Do you always photograph your victims before doing away with them? I, I never killed anybody before. He is such a harsh word. Well, I never did. I didn't think I'd ever have to. Hmm. The first one does leave you a trifle shaken. After that, you become used to it. But if you'd brought the photographs directly to me... But I had to be at that wedding, Mr. Koch. As it was, I barely made it. Yes, yes, of course, your job, which is such a wonderful blind. Tell me, how did it feel walking into all that luxury immediately after disposing of a life? Rather not talk about it, 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 I wonder what you... I wonder what your employers would do if they even dreamed of the pictures you sometimes take with their cameras. Remember, that was my idea. The same camera for both my ordinary work and the work I do for you. Mm. That way no one will ever become suspicious. No? I don't doubt that someone is at this very moment. And he knows that the photographer is not only a thief, but also... Shall we say someone who doesn't hesitate to stop another breathing? Hey, you're right. But how's he going to know it's me? Well, maybe he won't, but if one of your picture-taking friends should start to ask questions, no matter how subtly put, be careful. I will. And if he should become too inquisitive, you can always handle him as you did the guard. Yes, when that gentleman makes his appearance, remember, he's the man who has your bag. <laughs> And you've been left holding one. You've been left holding one. It was the same guy, all right. 
The murderer rolled his body against the wall and put a machine cover over him. Now, wait, wait. They didn't let you in, did they? No, but I talked to the man who found him. Also to a couple of Logan's men. Who's Logan? Lieutenant Logan of the Homicide Squad. Oh. Did you tell them about the picture? Yeah. And every photographer I could think of who covered the wedding. I left the uh, plate case with them. They'll try to trace it. A lot of good that'll do. Yeah, there's thousands of those cases. What about your pals, Blake, Raymond, and Johns? They're not pals. These guys I bump in are making the rounds. But you've known them a long time. Yeah. Well, what do you really know about them? Yeah, they all have cameras and plate cases like mine. I mean personal. That's personal. Now, look, this is no time all for... All right, the... all right. If you two feel like using some stronger language, I can uh, always leave the room. Oh, forget it, Williams. Forget uh, it. Blake is married. He has two kids. I found him at home reading... Uh, our hearts were young and gay. I wish I was. Well, well, go on, go on. He was sort of surprised to see me, as I don't usually make those little social visits. We know you're a strict lay nightclub guy. Quiet. Anyway, I asked him what he'd been doing before the wedding. With finesse, I hope. I'm always subtle. Yeah, like a tank. And what was Mr. Blake doing? Roaming around. Oh, fine. You see, that guard was murdered around 2 o'clock. The wedding took place at 3. The reception at four. So the guy you who did You don't it. have to draw a blueprint. Where did you find Raymond of the Enquirer? At a bar. Raymond of the Enquirer. At a bar. Raymond of the Enquirer. At a bar. With a blonde. No, redhead. Not the... Not red... the one you know, Bert. Oh. There are a lot of redheads in the world. And uh, what had he been doing prior to three o'clock? Roaming around. That's just dandy. That's just dandy. And John's of the fashion magazine. Uh, also found at a bar. The one at the fantasy club. Alone. Yeah, but uh, his girlfriend works there. And early this afternoon... Now, wait, wait, was... don't, don't tell me, don't tell me, let me guess. Don't, don't tell me, don't tell me, let me guess. He was roaming around. Right. Not an alibi in the bunch. I still can't believe one of them did it. I still can't believe one of them did it. But it must be. It must be. Well, I found two of them at bars. And that's where I'm going. Can I tag along, Casey? Why I'm going. Can I tag along, Casey? Why not? Down the blue note, huh? Yeah. Where's that? It's a musician. Where's that? It's a musician's hangout. Casey always goes there when he wants to think. <laughs> when he wants to think. <laughs> when he wants to think. <laughs> they have a piano player there. They have a piano player. Who's his nerve? And sometimes... Helps me solve a problem. Well, I hope he can help you with this one. And well, I hope he can help you with this one. And well, I hope he can help you with this one. And well, I hope he can help you with this one. And you'd better warn Williams about that bartender. Yeah. His name is Ethelbert. And he reads the Atlantic Monthly in Lord Dunsany. And he's tough. Sometimes he has to be the bouncer, but uh, he'll enjoy him. <laughs> to hear a jam session going on. It's only 11.30. The musicians don't roll in here until they're through work. Oh. Want to sit at the bar? Fine. Ethelbert, put down that New Republic and give us some service. Hiya, Flash Gun. Service. New Republic? Look. One world. How do you find it? Great. It says here on page... I've read the book. But maybe it didn't absorb it. I did. It's excellent. Hey, what are you looking at? Did you ever see a pretty girl before? Not that pretty. Well, thank you, Ethelbert. This is Ann Williams, Ethelbert. She is new on the Express. I'm Nine. showing her the size. Full of eight. Beer. Williams? Same. Two beers. I'm surprised that you find time to read a book. Yeah. Right now I'm surprised, but not about that. Blake Raymer John. 
It has to be one of them, but why? Well, what they were after must be worth a fortune. Yeah, they wouldn't talk about it out there today. Two beers, no heads on them. Uh, thanks, officer. What'd you think of Thomas Paine, flash gun? He was a very great man. Yeah. Quote, these are the times which try men's souls. Unquote. I know all about Thomas Paine, Miss Williams. I'm going over the piano. Want to come along? Ah, listen, flash gun. It's not that I don't want to lend you a near upper brick, but uh, I have a lot on my mind. Maybe Ernie and his music can help straighten me out. Well, I'll stay put and hear about the famous revolutionary figure. Thanks, Miss Williams. I said you'd enjoy it. As you no doubt know, Miss Williams, Thomas Paine was not an American. Hello, Ernie. Hiya. Slow night. Not too good. What's on your mind? Plenty. Anything you'd like to hear? Nope. As long as you stick to the old one. <laughs> we agree on that. Remember this one? Yeah, sure. Confession. Uh-huh. The late 20s. Maybe earlier. That's right. Well, that world's gone. Yep. But we still have the song. Yeah. And sometimes that's all we have. <laughs> Pretty girl you left at the bar. Yeah. Ann Williams, reporter. Only been in town a few weeks. Thinking, aren't you? And getting nowhere fast. Hmm. Want to talk about it? I can't. Nicest looking girl I've ever seen you with. You ought to marry, Casey. How about yourself? <laughs> I tried it once. And? She left me. Just like that? Just like that. You see, I didn't make enough money. She wanted too much. And, uh, she met a guy who had it? That's right. Yeah. Funny the way a guy thinks when he's losing a woman. There's nothing he wouldn't do for her. To give her the things she wants, he'd almost commit murder. Hmm. Some guys do. Yeah. What's the matter, Casey? Did I say something? I think you did. You going? Yeah. And thanks, Ernie. You've been a great help. I may see you later on. Sometimes I have to throw a guy out, but it ain't like it was in the old days. No? No. Then they threw me out. <laughs> uh, look, Williams, I better run along. You go back to the office and tell Bert I'll see him in an hour or so. Where are you going? To see a dame at the fantasy club, and you can't come. Ethelbert, Williams will pay for my beer. <laughs> Turn your head a little to the left. That's uh -huh. it. Hold it now. Oh, I closed my eyes. You only thought so. Anyway, we'll take another one to make sure. All right. I'm awfully glad you dropped around, Kate. <laughs> so am I. I saw you sitting at the table out front while I was doing my number. I didn't think you came to take my picture. Of course, it's no novelty for you to have your picture taken. You sit for a hell a lot. Mm -hmm. Once a week, regularly. <laughs> it must be love. Oh, it's still nice to have someone else photograph me. Um, how's this? There. Oh, not as attractive as Mr. Lawrence? Oh, you're different types. Hal tells me it was quite a wedding. Yeah. Were, um, 
Were you with Hal before he went to it? No, he was working. I know, but uh, I thought you might have had lunch together. Not today. Um, this better? Yeah, fine. But uh, don't cross your legs. Oh. And don't smile. We'll make this one sort of uh, pensive. Oh, I couldn't look pensive if I tried. Uh, think of green fields and moonlight nights. All right, but I still won't look pensive. Oh, it's... That does it. Look for them in the express. Well, how many to take all together? Seven. Can I have a set? Sure. I'll drop them over to the towers. That's where you live, isn't it? Uh-huh. Mm, expensive. Perhaps we could uh, have lunch together. And get Hal Sortman? We wouldn't have to have lunch there. As far as that goes, we could have it here. Yeah. I never thought the Fantasy Club would have dressing rooms like this. This dressing room looks more like an apartment. Just a, a few personal touches that I've added. Just a few personal touches, huh? Mm-hmm. Very elaborate. And those rocks I've been photographing on your lovely arms. They almost reached the elbows. They're uh, real, I imagine. Everything I wear is real. Mm. I noticed that mink you were sporting around this past winter. Did you like it? Swell. Those foxes over there are nice, too. Oh, gosh, it must be great to have an income. Are you kidding? Well, you don't buy those things singing at nightclub. <laughs> <laughs> At least not one like this. Uh, why do you work in a nightclub, Mara? Apparently you don't have to. Oh, I like to be seen. And it's something to do. I don't have to tell you I'm not much of a singer. But you're really something to look at. Oh, thanks. Then, uh, we have a date for lunch? If it weren't for Hal, I wouldn't hesitate a moment. Oh, forget Hal. I'd like to marry sometime. How long have you two been going together? Almost two years. That's amazing. Why? He's very generous. Yeah, I can see that. I like to live well. You don't know what it is not to have anything. Oh, don't I? I'd rather be dead than to live like some people. Nothing but the best for you, huh, Mary? Oh. Don't you think I deserve it? Mm-hmm. But so do thousands of other girls in the world. There are girls who haven't even enough to eat. <laughs> are you giving me a lecture? No, but uh, that's why we're not going to have lunch together. You are too expensive for me. Perhaps for you, I wouldn't be too expensive. Mm. It, uh, it wouldn't last. You'd miss those lovely gifts that Hal passes out. Mm -mm. I still don't see any reason why we shouldn't see each other once in a while. Uh, by the way, uh, where is Hal? Oh, he usually drops in around this time. Shall I tell him you were here? Well, why not? Would you like to wait for him? No, I'll run along. I think I'll develop these pictures tonight. Oh, that's wonderful. The Express thanks you, and I thank you. Do you think one of them might be on the theatrical page tomorrow? The theatrical page? You underrate old Casey. There's a possibility you'll find one on the front page. So long. Hiya, Benny. Any payphones here? Yeah, two of them. Over there by the text. Oh, thanks. Hello, Burke. Casey, what do you think we're printing? The Boys' Companion? Where are you? Phone booth at Benny's Fantasy Club. I just got some shots for the morning papers. 
And if I were you, I'd leave plenty of space on the front page. Well, you'd better get back here with something soon, or I'll hold a four-line spread in the obituary for you. What are the pictures? And what suspect is to have the benefit of your latest brainwave? I just shot some pictures of the suspect's girlfriend. I'm on my way down to develop them. Now, unless I miss my guess, you'll be writing the end of this story in tomorrow's paper. And by the way, you'd better get one of Logan's men down there. The way things look right now, I'm... Oh, hold on a minute. Here comes our friend. I think he's going to make a call in the booth next to me. Maybe I can catch part of it. Hold it. Hello, Mr. Katz. He talked to me earlier tonight, and then took some pictures of Mara. For his paper, he told me. But why at one in the morning? No, I'm certain he's the one. Okay. Yeah, I'll be careful. Where'll I come for the money? Above your antique shop on Sedgwick Avenue. You mean I've got to take care of him tonight? What do you think I'm made of? It was only this afternoon that I... I know, Mr. Koch, but I never expected that to happen. All right. If you think so, I'll do it tonight. Now. Hello, Brick. Did you hear that? You moronic offspring of a printer's devil. You had your hand over that mouthpiece. Of course I had my hand over the mouthpiece. Think I want you to take all the credit? Now get this. Send several of Logan's men over to Koch's antique shop on Sedgwick Avenue. Mr. Koch will be in the apartment upstairs. Pick him up. And I may need one of Logan's men while I'm developing these pictures. After all the runaround you've given Logan, you know how he'll feel about sending a man out to protect you. Okay, but you know what happens to your story if they miss Koch and our friend gets me. Well, Logan will probably take that chance, but I'll ask him. And I doubt if a man could have time to get here anyway. If that's the way it is, maybe you better frame that obituary in purple satin under glass for me. So long. <laughs> Casey's in the dark, and this isn't the one. You're letting in a lot of light, Hal. Afraid it'll spoil Maris' pictures? Yeah. You want to see him? No. Why turn on the light? I might miss you in the dark. You seem to know your way around. What'd you do? Come up the back stairs? I've been in the express building before. Lonely at two in the morning, isn't it? And it's pretty steady. So you finally noticed what it's holding? I noticed it when you first opened the door. But uh, relax. Relax, Hal. We're old friends. John's a fashion magazine and Casey the Express. Just a couple of guys around town. Cut it. Is that the same gun you use on the guard? In one respect, it doesn't make much noise. I see. What? What made you suspect me, Casey? I could have sworn that was coming. Why is it that all criminals insist on knowing why they were suspected? Well, if it'll gladden your heart any, I'll tell you. It was a piano player. He said something which made me think of you and Mara. 
Then I thought of your salary as a photographer. You made a mistake when you went back to the fantasy club the second time, Casey. You shouldn't have tried to pump Mara. Doesn't she know what you're doing? No. Where'd you think the money came from? She never asked. Just as long as it came in, huh? But I don't think it was a mistake. I gambled that Mara would repeat our conversation word for word, except the part where I wouldn't take her to lunch. You're right. Oh, no. Incidentally, the police picked up a friend of yours about 15 minutes ago. Name of Koch. Antique dealer over on the east side. Oh, I see that one hit home, huh? Well, you're all through, Hal. Later, maybe, but right now you are. Easy. Easy on the trigger finger. You should hear it all. The big mistake is yours in coming here. I never had any evidence against you. Any real evidence. But I have now. You'll never use it. I've, I've already used it. It's been used right now. You walk in this room, staring straight at me with a gun in your hand. You should have looked behind the door. There's been a witness in this room all the time. In fact, right behind you now. You think I'd fall for that whole gag? It's not a gag. You must think I'm dumb. I guess you heard enough. Okay, have Logan come in. You'll be dead when he gets here. Han, where did you get that blackjack? From Ethelbert. Quote, he who gets soft over the bean is easy to arrest. Unquote. Put down that American Mercury, Ethelbert, and draw me a beer. It's not the American Mercury, it's... I know. It's still one world. Hiya, Miss Williams. Hello, Ethelbert. Oh, thanks for the loan of the persuading. That's all right. She was really worried when you tore out of here, Casey. Yeah? Yeah. Been busy, Ethelbert? I had to break away from this book for a while tonight, but I managed to sandwich in a very interesting article. Uh, would you mind drawing my beer for me, Ethelbert? I want to sit over by Ernie and listen to a couple of numbers. Not at all. But this article was about guys who steal industrial designs by photographing them. And you know what I think? What? Well, what? Well, just for a starter, understand, they all ought to be socked over the head, but hard. Quote, he who gets clunked over the conk is out of commission and easy to put in the clink. Unquote. Please, Ethelbert, our beer. Yes, Ethelbert, our beer. And this time, be sure he pays for it. <laughs> You've been listening to Flash Gun Casey, press photographer, the first of a new series of adventure programs based on the fiction character created by George Harmon Cox. This series is written by Ashley Buck in collaboration with Mr. Cox. The program tonight was directed by Albert Ward and produced for Columbia by Chester Rainier. Join us again next Wednesday night at this same time for another swift-moving story of a press photographer, Flash Gun Casey. The adventure, Murder Off the Record. This is CBS, the Columbia Broadcasting System.
the quiet evening air, there suddenly comes a whirring of wings. It's a helicopter, apparently out of control. Like a giant bird, it flaps crazily about for a few minutes and then heads out to sea. What is it? Here, it looks like a bird. It's a helicopter. It's a wild plane. It's out of control. It may fall. Let it clear the station. Did he do it? Burke speaking. Hey, Burke. Who is this? Casey? Yes, it's Casey. Listen, there's an airplane loose over the city. A Mr. Hampton has. Isn't it interesting? 
anything at all. Well, you had a little commercial movie studio, the Aristocrat Film Company. The basement closed up for six months. Oh, uh-huh. where is that? At 292 Farmer Street. They made short commercial reels and trailers. But it was only sort of hobby with Mr. Hampton. Never made any money. Well, what do you know of Mr. Hampton's family and Mrs. Hampton? She was alone when she married John. Mrs. Mr. Hampton. She had no living relatives. And he just had an uncle. A Robert K. Hampton. Oh, an uncle, eh? Where's he? Well, he lived somewhere on an island in the Celebes Sea. Not held by the Japanese, I understand. He was sort of black sheep. Mr. Hamden hadn't heard from him for many years. Assumed he was dead or a prisoner until... Until? Well, maybe I shouldn't tell you this. But shortly before his death, a letter came from Australia. I didn't open it, but when Mr. Hampton read it, he seemed terribly upset. Maybe told me it was from his uncle. Uh, do you have that letter now? No, I... Why, it seems to disappear. Uh, and this was just before his death? Yes, he, he may have had it in his pocket. Miss Gray, this uncle, was he by any chance mentioned in Mr. Hampton's will? Yes, everything. All his money, the business, the building, everything. Oh, Mr. Casey, this is always a terrible nightmare. I can't believe that he's gone. I don't know where to turn. Oh, girl, it's all right. You mustn't go down. <laughs> you need to rest a bit. How do you know? You feel better. I'm... I'm all right. I'm sorry. If you just excuse me for a moment, I'll be right back. Well, certainly, Miss Gray. I'm sorry we upset you. Thank you. I'll be all right. Casey, you know something? what? A clue. He was in love with her boy. You think so? Mm-hmm. Why? Never mind. Just take a woman's word for it. What's the matter, young woman? Uh, nothing. That is, you gave me a start. Why should I frighten you? Well, you... Well, you look like... And if I may ask, who are you? What are you doing here? I'm just a reporter. And who is this young lady? I'm a reporter, too. What are reporters doing here? If you'll pardon me, sir, who are you? My name is Robert K. Hampton. I'm John Hampton's uncle. Oh, you 
Mrs. Redden will like to read. Yeah, she does. She don't drink much. <laughs> What's the name of the book? Uh, five Little Peppers and How They Grew. Listen, <laughs> why, why don't you read something interesting? Like that death plane story of yours, The Express? Uh -huh. I'm following that, too. Good. Good. Well, what's your opinion? Well, I think it was a sort of chameleon of errors. I think this guy was planning to run away with some things. He gets the plane all heated up for it. When a heavily veiled figure sneaks into the cockpit beside him and gives him the nod to get going. Then he finds out that it's his wife and not his lady friend under the heavy drapes and that he's crossed him up. By that time, he's so disgusted, he dumps the whole thing in the drink. On um, what do you base these deductions, gentlemen? Yes, mastermind. Tell us. Quote, he who tries to fool his wife ends up playing the fool himself. Unquote. <laughs> you better stick to your books, Ethelbert. The amateur detective. Yeah. And you know, Ethelbert, I wouldn't waste my time on five little peppers either. It's way over your head. Well, I...
hope you may come in now. Thank you. This is Mr. Robert K. Hampton. Miss Williams, Mr. Case. Yes, we've met before briefly. How do you do? Well, this is the young lady who was so startled yesterday when she first saw me. I'm sorry, Mr. Hampton. It was just that you looked so much. I know, I know. You were struck by my resemblance to my nephew. Uh, yes. Well, I don't blame you. You know, I never realized how much he got to look like me until I arrived and saw his picture here. Yes, it is a striking resemblance, sir. Your hair is gray instead of brown. Mm-hmm. And, of course, he had a mustache. Yeah, but anyone would take you for brothers otherwise. I think you're quite different. Well, after all, there were only seven years difference in our ages. I was just a kid when my brother's son, John, was born. Yeah, we were very sorry about what happened to your nephew, Mr. Hanson. These things are always kind of tough to take. Yes, they are. But, of course, it wasn't entirely unexpected. You know, I thought John would probably come to some violent end. Why, even as a kid, he was always keyed up. Couldn't relax. taking things easier. Now look at me. I spent my youth bumming around the world. Never made much, but I had fun and got along. Then I found a spot where life was pleasant, and I settled down. Where was that? Shurang Island, near Borneo. Paradise. Simply paradise. That is, until the Japs came along. Then I somehow managed to get out. Just found the skin of my teeth, too. Mm. Yes. Now, well, here I am. You see, everything worked out pretty well. Yes, thanks to John Hampton and spent his whole life. Miss Ray, you were saying? I, I'm sorry, Mr. Hampton. Uh, do you mind if I take some pictures, Mr. Hampton? My paper wants to run a feature on you and your nephew. You know, your, your vastly different lives and activities, you know, the... The Hampton who traveled the earth and the Hampton who stayed at home. That's rather a good idea, Mr. Casey. Don't mind. Let's let's try behind the desk there. All right. <clears throat> How's this? Uh, you'll pardon me, Mr. Hampton, but your your hair's a little must. You know, with such striking gray hair as you have, you you ought to have it looking its best. Oh, I'm sorry. I'll uh, no no no. Don't move. Miss Williams will arrange it. Oh, all right. Uh, have you got a call, man? Uh huh. It's been right in my bag. Now, just a second. There you are. Thank you. Fine, that's it. Now, Mr. Hampton, hold it. Want another? I'm sure the one that you should be enough. Miss Gray, if you please. Well, we'll take one more. Just one more for good luck. Now, hold that just as you are, right there. Thank you. Oh, but I'm afraid I'm in that one, too. Your camera was pointed right at me. Well, we'll see when they're developed. Now, thank you both very much. Thank you. You know, Mr. Casey, uh, <clears throat> I'm uh, somewhat of a camera fan myself. Now that's so? Yes, taking pictures all my life. I have some beautiful shots of Sherang Island. I was wondering if, uh, if perhaps you couldn't print them along with the feature on my nephew and me. Not that I would want to monopolize the story, of course, no. But uh, I only thought it, uh, well, it might set off the differences in us. Mm. More dramatically. You know, give it a little added color. Yeah, sure. Sure, that might be an angle. Let's see the pictures. <laughs> yes, well, I have a few small ones in my wallet here. Uh-huh. The Jets got most of my stuff, of course. Oh, yes, I can imagine. Let me see now. Yes, here's the nice shot. Mount Ponomau. 
Look at this, Anne. Yeah, and right under John Hampton's feet. 
Who said something like that? Mm. Ernie. That's right. Me and my shadow. Annie, I think I got it. Quick, let me look at your call. Well, your case is... Well, here, but what on earth is that? Wait a minute. Here, look at this. A hair. A long gray hair. I gotta take this down to Logan and have him run some tests on it. I'll see you back here in about an hour. And a woman like that couldn't be in love with two men. Why not? Because she's the perfect one-man woman type. Uh-huh. That's all I wanted to hear. <laughs> I got a theory on this case, and this just about puts a pin on it. Come on. Well, where are we going? We got a little job of breaking and entering to do. We're going to crash the deserted studio of the Aristocrat Film Company. Oh. Pictures, did you? No, and I don't want you to tell them. 
had proven so. But before I kill you, I want you to tell me something. Yes, I expected that. Most murderers are very cautious to know where they where they slipped up. All right, I'll tell you, Mr. John Hampton. Oh. You guessed that, too. Of course. You're not Robert K. Hampton. There never was any Robert K. Hampton. You never fled from the Japs on Churang Island. You picked that place because it would be impossible to check your story. This whole thing was arranged between you and Miss Matilda Gray. You planned this for years and been in love with her for years. Go on. You drew your will to a fictitious uncle and probably faked up enough credentials so that you could appear to be that uncle. And then when the time came, all you had to do was drug your wife, put her in a helicopter. Yeah, it was just enough fuel to get over the ocean and set the controls and let her go. Don't you think the plan was clever? Fiendishly clever. And it was clever of you to spend ten years working out your disguise. Most criminals try to change their identity by putting on a disguise. You achieved the change by taking one off. One you'd worn for ten years. You shaved your mustache, bleached the dye out of your hair, and then came down here and took a few pictures of yourself in a tropical setting. Then, the very next day, you turned up as the long-lost uncle, inheriting all your own money, and in a position to marry Miss Matilda Gray. I fooled everyone but you, Mr. Casey. Tell me, why did you suspect me? Well, being a photographer, maybe I looked too closely at your pictures. And you made the mistake of using the same sky in all of them. Oh. Clever of you to notice it. Well, you slip up on one other little thing, too. Say, hello. Remember when I come before you, Captain? Yes, under the police microscope, a strand of your hair still showed traces of brown dye. It's those little things, Mr. Hatton. Perhaps. And then, of course, you... You should never have let me get a picture of Matilda Gray off guard. For although she treated you badly and seemed to hate you, her love showed up in the face as plainly as all were written there. Very interesting. And as Anne told me, a woman like Matilda Gray couldn't love two men. It turned out she didn't. Both men were you. Quite right. Now, before you have a chance to turn this story over to the police, I'm afraid I shall have to shoot you both. I uh, wonder if you'd mind shooting me first. The sight of blood, you You know. can't afford a joke, Miss Williams. Oh, no. I, I don't want to be too near. May I stand over there by those ropes? Wherever you wish. Thank you. Good girl, Annie. Good girl, boy. That's doing it. Okay. Uh, I got his gun. Well, that drops your beating. Crazy beating? Yeah. Well, he won't know it for an hour or so. Gee, kid. Nice going. Well, darling, you told me not to pull that knot. And... Annie, Annie, this was an inspiration. I could just about kiss you. Oh, so I've got to save your life to deserve one stingy little kiss. Now, wait a minute, Casey. A minute. 
A double scotch for Ernie at the piano, too. Go easy, Casey. <laughs> one for his shadow. Yeah. And one for you, Ethelbert, and a double for Grace. Hey, Casey. And see what the boys in the back room will have, too. And what would you like, Mr. Burke? Oh, please, Ethelbert. How much is sarsaparilla? Well, as Carrie Nation once said, quote, he who partakes only of nature's liquors has the pleasure of remaining sober and paying the checks, unquote. Corporation brings you Crime Photographer. Casey, did you see where my niece got engaged last week? Oh, is her name Princess Elizabeth? No, her name's Jane. Then I didn't see it. How do you like that? If you're not royalty, no one knows what happens to you. You don't have to be royalty, Ethelbert. You just got to be famous. Sure, like Anchor Hawking, the most famous name in glass. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. This is Tony Marvin. Every week at this time, the Anchor Hawking Glass Corporation of Lancaster, Ohio, and its more than 10,000 employees bring you another adventure of Casey Crime Photographer, ace cameraman who covers the crime news of a great city. Written by Alonzo Dean Cole, our adventure for tonight, Self-Made Hero. Casey, like most news cameramen, has a radio in his automobile that he keeps tuned to police calls. Tonight, as he and reporter Ann Williams drive leisurely toward the express building after covering a routine assignment. Calling car 55. Car 55. Come in, car 55. Car 55, Sergeant Brannon. Brannon? Hey, we know Sergeant Brannon. He's a good pal of mine, Annie. I didn't know they had him on foul car duty. Report a shooting there. Proceed a to shooting? alleyway. Hey, wait a minute. It'll be repeated. Listen. Clark and Briscoe. Report a shooting there. No further details. That is all. Oh, more Casey. Like we're only a few blocks from there. Maybe there's a story. With pictures. Next stop, 12th Street. Between Clark and Briscoe. Unusual oh, crowds collected, Casey. And there comes a police car, Annie. We're getting here to jump ahead of Brennan. Get out. Come on. Okay. All right, get back, you people. Get back. This ain't no fun. Well, there's a patrolman over there, Casey. The young fellow beside him must have had something to do with the shooting. Right. Why, he's just a tall, lanky boy, I Casey. Get back, everybody. That means you and this lady, mister. And we're press, officer. Oh, you're press, huh? Drive the car. Uh, here 
comes your sergeant. He knows it. Hello there, Brannon. Oh, hiya, Casey. Hello, Miss Williams. Hello, Sergeant. What's the trouble, Johnson? Why, this young fellow here, Sergeant, he says someone took a couple of pot shots at him back in that alleyway. I didn't call for assistance, officer, until I'd done everything possible to help myself. Well, let's get inside this cigar store, then it can tell me what happened. Come on, Casey. All right, move back uh, there. Let us through, will you? Come on, uh, one side. Now well, then, let's have your story, bud. What's your name? The name is Wellington Cliffside. Only one F in Cliffside. At present, employed as junior pharmacist at Black 10th Street Drugstore. Uh-huh. I, uh, see you carry a camera, Mr. Uh, uh, Casey. Uh, yeah, yeah. Well, any time you say, I believe in cooperating with the newspapers. Now, wait a minute. I'm only a cop, but I still want to know what this shooting was about. Oh, certainly, Sergeant. Well, as I've already told Officer uh, Johnson, during the past month, I became suspicious of two men who've been making telephone calls from the drugstore. Mm-hmm. Well, I made it my business to overhear parts of their conversation. And what I heard, Sergeant, convinced me that they are spies. Spies? Mm, foreign agents. Well, they must have become suspicious of my suspicions. For tonight, they, uh, they acted. Acted? Yes, sir. Uh, a few minutes ago, I was standing there at the corner waiting for a young lady of my, uh, acquaintance. <clears throat> when, uh, these two men passed me. The two men have been making the mysterious phone calls, huh? Yes, sir. I saw them go into the dark deserted alley back of us. I followed them. Now I know they meant to lure me to my death. But when I entered the alley... He says I... they grabbed him, Sergeant. Let That's... him tell the story, Johnson. Yes. Well, they seized me, Sergeant. One of them slashed at me with a knife. Oh, look, you can see the tears he made in my overcoat. Uh, there in the left sleeve, huh? Mm-hmm. And uh, here in the front. The knife didn't get stuck into you yourself? No, no, I broke away and they ran with me in hot pursuit. Uh-huh. Then they pulled guns and started shooting. Their bullets missed you. I was lucky. I, I chased them to the end of the alley. With them shooting? I considered it my duty, Sergeant. Then what happened? Then I found that they disappeared, probably into one of the buildings on the street. I knew I couldn't find them all by myself, so I yelled. Uh-huh. I should say I shouted for assistance. This policeman came up and, uh, well, he can tell you the rest. There ain't no rest, Sarge, except I couldn't find no mysterious strangers around like this young fellow described. Okay, Johnson, did this guy show you where the shooting and stabbing took place in that alley? Uh, yes, I did, Sergeant. I'll show you. You a... stay here. Roberts. Yes, sir? You keep Mr. Wellington Rockside Company while I have a look around out here. Come on, Johnson, and uh, show it's me. It's Wellington Cliffside, Sergeant. Okay, fine. You're welcome. Well, Mr. Casey, I suppose you want to take some pictures of me for your newspaper. Mm, yeah, yeah, I think they're worth a couple of pictures, huh? Uh, hold up that overcoat sleeve to show the tear in it while I back off and get you in focus. Art, that's a terribly phony story that he told, Casey. <laughs> Phonies can make good laugh copy, Annie. Kid's an amateur, Dick Tracy. Uh, I'll hold out the front of my overcoat, too, Mr. Casey, so you can get a picture of the nice cut there. Yeah, that'll be fine. Okay, Wellington, now hold it. Thank you. Marna. Look at that girl, Casey. Bobby sucks. Oh, yeah. Wellington, they told me how those awful men had tried to kill you. Oh, you're not hurt. Oh, well, I, I got the best of them, Marna. But you can see what they did to my coat. <gasps> Wellington. Oh, isn't it lucky you had on your old one? Uh, excuse me, Mr. Uh, Cliffside. Is yes? this the young lady you were waiting for? Oh, yes, uh... yes, Mr. Casey. Uh, Miss Williams, Mr. Casey, this is uh, Miss Marna Adams. <laughs> Uh, Mr. Casey is on a newspaper, Myrna. He's just been taking pictures of me. Oh, how nice. How do you do, Miss Adams? I knew all about those spies Wellington was after, Mr. Casey. I was the only one he told about them. Oh, Wellington, you've been wonderful. If they'd hurt you, I don't know what I'd do. Oh, gee, Myrna, it was... Uh, Sergeant Brandon's coming back, Casey, and there's a woman with him. Ah, Sergeant. 
Uh, did you find any clues in the alley that might help us catch those spies? Funny, young fella. Is uh, this the guy, Mrs. Levy? That's him, sir. That long string bean of a kid. What? This lady lives in the flat building next to the alley. She happened to be looking out of her window when you were cutting holes in your own coat with a penknife. I d- All the windows were dark in the alley. The alley was dark. I, I got could... the kind of eyes about Tigo this night. And why should I burn electricity when I'm only looking out my window? I mind my own business. I wouldn't tell the cops that they hadn't come asking me if I saw something. And she saw you fire those shots. I, I didn't fire any shots. No, but you set off some homemade firecrackers that sounded like shots. Here's pieces of them I found back there. Sergeant, look. I, I... saw you like a match to those firecrackers, young man. Firecrackers? Myrna. There weren't any spies. No one tried to kill you. This was all a bluff. Myrna, look. You, you cheater, you cheap rug cutter, you, you firecracker shooter, you faker. You gotta listen to I me. I never want to see you again. Don't go away, Myrna. Don't. Yeah, you it's... stay here, Mr. Mr. Oh, will you? I gotta explain to what... You gotta let me explain, Sergeant. Please. She's gone. You've got some explaining to do to the judge after I run you in. Hey, Roberts, make out your report on this guy, and we'll take him to the station. Okay, Sarge, come on. You. All right, all right. Hey, hey, Brannon. Yeah? What, Casey? Don't run that kid in. And why not? Well, couldn't you see he was making a grandstand play for that Bobby Sox gal, and it flopped? Well, he's already taken one on the chin and hard. Now, look, Casey, we cops have too much trouble with his kind of thing. I know, I know, but do me a favor, will you, Brannon? I'll do one for you sometime. I don't make trades. But I don't get any kick out of pinching goofy kids either. Look, Casey, you can have Wellington Brookside if you only take him away from here. If you don't, well, that mob out there has heard what's happened, and they'll they'll kid him right. I'll take him away. Okay, thanks, Casey. I'll tell him to get in your car. Hey, what's the idea, Casey? I don't like to see a kid KO'd twice in one night, Annie. Look, and when you get to the office, kid, don't write this story, for laughs or otherwise. I'm forgetting the pictures I took. Oh, I get it. Okay. All right. Come on. I'm going to drive the kid home, and I'll drop you on the way. Well, here you are, Annie. Okay. So long, Casey. Goodbye, Wellington. Goodbye, Miss Williams. See you in a little while, Annie. Okay. Hey, uh, kid, is that, uh, that Wellington name? Is that on the level? My name is Jack. Jack? Oh, it's my name. Okay, Jack. I, I, I don't want to bother you, Mr. Casey. There's nobody. Look, forget that Mr. stuff. Just plain Casey's all I rate. Cigarette? Yeah, thanks. I was too ashamed to open my mouth while Miss Williams was with us. Now I want you to know I... I think it was swell of you to talk to cops into letting me go. Uh, Sergeant Brannon was only looking for an excuse not to run you in. He's a regular guy. I deserve to be running. I must have been crazy to think I could get away with what I tried to do. Mm. Well, all of us are a little nutty at times, I guess. We get over it, though. Uh, Here's some matches for that cigarette. Huh? Oh, thanks. Pretty kid, Miss Adams. Yeah. You like to uh, tell me about her? Often does a guy good to get things off his chest. Yeah. Mr. Casey, I've got a bum back. You got bum back? I fell down a flight of stairs a couple of years ago, and now I've got to wear a steel corset to keep it in place. Oh. Well, your bum back and the steel corset have anything to do Everything. with the... Everything. You see, Myrna, 
Miss Adams admires guys who do things. You know, like Clark Gable and Gary Cooper in the movies. Oh, I see. Yeah. Well, I told her about my bum back. But I said it got hurt while I was playing football. I said I'd been the star half back in high school. Then she found out I've never been a good enough athlete to even get on a girl's softball team. And that I just stumbled over my own feet going downstairs. Since then, she hasn't believed anything I've told her. Except for maybe a minute tonight before the cops called my bluff. She thinks I am... Well, just what I am. Big, skinny clown who can't do anything regular guys can do. That's out of my own imagination. Hmm. Uh, maybe if somebody talked to uh, uh, Myrna, she might look at things a little differently. Miss Williams might do that. Well, oh, Miss Williams is another girl. She couldn't do any good. Oh, you might, though. Me? Yeah, she respects old guys. Uh, old? <laughs> Well, I don't mean you're so very old, but you must be all of 30. Yeah? Pretty ancient, huh? And you're in the newspaper racket. You must know cops and murderers and... Oh, gee, I bet you've even talked to G-men and movie stars. Oh, Myrna will think you're almost as important a guy as Clark Gable or, or even Humphrey Bogart. Oh, now, Oh, she'll listen to you, Casey. Will you go to her and explain that I'm not... Not just a heel? Now, listen, Jack, oh, please, I... Casey. Well, okay, fella. Oh, gee... Thanks. It's no use, Mr. Casey. I think it's very fine of you to try to defend Mr. Clipside, but I never want to hear his name again. I consider him a drip. Oh, no. Don't be like that, Miss Adams. He's a nice kid. He's crazy about you. No, Mr. Casey. He and I are... are through. Forever. I'm sorry. Um, well, I... There's nothing more I can say, so I'll shove off. Oh, don't rush away. You've talked so much about Mr. Clipside. I haven't heard a thing about you. Me? Uh-huh. You've rescued people from burning buildings and captured burglars single-handed and... You're a real hero. Uh, whoever told you that was having a pipe dream. Oh, no, you're just being modest. Like I think all men should be. I... Say, look, where did I put my hat, Miss Adams? Oh, come on. Please sit down, Mr. Casey. Uh, no, and I... let's get better acquainted. Well, uh... There. I've always wanted to meet a man like you. Continue in just a moment. Good evening, Dorothy. Hello, Tony. What's our subject tonight? Pie plates. Pie plates? Mm-hmm. Pie plates. Not ordinary pie plates, but a new kind of pie plate. The biggest bargain in years. Why, it's made of glass. Well, this is the Anchor Hogging Program, and this new Fire King oven glass pie plate is something special. Mm-hmm. It bakes pie you can be proud of, not once in a while, but every time. Crusts are light, fluffy, and well-browned, and never scorched. And it comes clean almost instantly without scrubbing. Well, you sold me, Tony. Yes, this big nine-inch Fire King oven glass pie plate with a two-year guarantee against oven breakage is being featured tomorrow and Saturday at five and ten-cent stores and all stores that sell household glass at a special bargain price of only 25 cents, uh, slightly more in distant cities. Look for the Fire King label. Ask for it by name. Not just an oven glass pie plate, but a Fire King oven glass pie plate. 
a product of Anchor Hawking. The most famous name in glass. Give me a cup of black coffee, Ethelbert. Okay, Casey. You want one, Miss Williams? No, thanks, Ethelbert. Casey, you look like you got trouble. <laughs> uh. I'll say he has, Ethelbert. In a neat red-headed package, trimmed with short skirts and a pair of bobby socks, a hero worship complex, and a, a very unbashful personality. It isn't funny, Ann. <laughs> You're talking about a woman, huh? Oh, not a woman, no. A goofy 17-year-old kid that ought to be spanked. Wish I had the nerve to do it. She's developed a crush on Casey. Phones him at the office several times a day and waits for him on the street so she can gaze at him and sigh. Casey, how did you get yourself into anything like that? You ain't no cradle snatcher. Ethelbert, all I did was to call on her one afternoon last week in order to, to, well, to try and square something for somebody else. She isn't a girl that Cliffside kid set off the firecrackers on account of. <laughs> That's who. Huh? But Cliffside doesn't know yet that Casey squared things so beautifully. Will you get it, Walter? I put off telling him that she won't listen to anything that I say in his favor because, well, he's miserable enough as it is. You know, he phones me a couple of times a day, too, Ethelbert, to ask how I'm making out with her. I can't stall him much longer. Oh, I must have been nuts to get myself mixed up in something like this. <laughs> Telephone for you, Mr. Casey. Why, who is it? Uh, uh, Mr. Cliffside. I, I, I thought I was about due for my nightly call from him. He's probably been trying to get me at the office. Well, since you can't help him, you better stop stalling and tell him the truth, Casey. Oh, I, I can't, Annie. I, excuse me. You know, Miss Williams, Casey sure has a talent for getting himself into situations that ain't too easy to get out. Hello? Casey? Yeah, Jack, how are you, fella? Casey, I... I've just learned the truth. Huh? About you and Myrna. What do you mean? I met her on the street a while ago. She told me nothing could ever be fixed up between her and me, and that she was in love with you. Dave, now listen, I kid. I just well stunned you, Paul. Kidding me into thinking you were my friend and then double-crossing me. Listen to me, I've listened you... to you long enough. I called up now to let you know that what you've done is the last straw. When I leave this phone, I'm going to the river. The river? I don't want to live any longer, Casey. I'm going to end it all. You young dope, where are you? Never mind where I am. Jack, I've got to meet you. I've got to talk to you. You and no one else is ever going to talk to me again. I won't be in your way after tonight, Casey. You can have Myrna. I don't want Myrna. Jack! Goodbye, right, Casey. Jack! Hey, kid! Hey! Operator! 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 This is the operator. Uh, look, what was the number that just called here? You've been disconnected, sir. I know that. Never mind. Annie. Yes, Casey. Annie, that darn fool kid says he's going to throw himself in the river. What? Well, he's found it. I don't think he's bluffing. we got to stop him, Annie. Do you know where he is? No, but there's only one place that kid had picked for a suicide, a cliff at Rocky Point. You mean the place they call Lover's Leap? Yes. Oh, but Casey, that's where I know how up... far it is, Annie. But he wasn't calling from around there because there isn't a public telephone within a mile of the place. You'll have to reach it by bus, but we've got a car. Look, Annie, I may need you to convince him that I'm not trying to steal his murder. Come on. Casey, if that crazy kid has picked another spot on the river to throw himself in, I'm not afraid of that, Annie. What I'm afraid of is we may not get there in time. If he does jump in, I'll be responsible. Now, don't talk like that. It's such a mess of it. Oh, you have not. It was that little fool of a girl who did that. So I'd like to wring her neck. Well, there's no use blaming her. 
Bard, you'd better go with the car. I'll run it off the road among the trees here and turn off the lights. He saw it. He'd suspect I was after him. Maybe he'd get away. If he hasn't gotten here ahead of us well, and already... Stop thinking like that, Casey. I'll get out of the car and come on, Annie. All right. Brought to the cliff through these trees. It's pretty bright. What we've seen on the road. This is a horrible, desolate place. Yeah. Annie, we can see the edge of the cliff from here. And there's no one on it. Well, that means he hasn't gotten here yet. They mean he has gotten now, here. Now, stop imagining things? Casey, someone's coming through the trees on the other side of the road down there. Well, I see. Someone tall and lanky. It's a kid. He's going toward the edge. Yeah, he sees you. He's running, too, for the edge. Hey, wait, wait, kid, kid, wait. i got to talk to you. No one's ever going to talk to me again. Jack, you've got to let me go. Run, Casey. He's almost at the edge. Stop. You me. can't reach him in time. Oh, he stumbled. Grab him before he gets up. I got it. Let me get over here. He hadn't stumbled. He's only a few feet away Let from the ledge. Young fellow, for the scare you've given us, I ought to knock your teeth out. Why don't you stop him? What do you care what happens to well, me? He shouldn't care. Can't you realize that Casey's only interested in Myrna because well, he was trying to help you and let this sink in? If I weren't sure that he couldn't have any romantic notions about a child like your Myrna, I wouldn't be here with him. You mean that. You mean that your Casey's real girlfriend is Lee? Right. Well, use your own judgment. If you have any. I should have figured that. I'm sorry, Katie. Okay, kid. Well, now, we're taking it back to town. We'll cut through these woods to the car. All right. I can't stop you from taking me back, but I still don't want to live, Katie. Well, I was wrong about you. I wasn't wrong about having lost Myrna. She told me herself tonight that she hated me. Jack, there are millions of girls in the world. Must you have just one particular one? I don't want anybody else. Ever. Hmm. Whether you're a true monogamist. Hey. Cars turn into the road. Wait a minute. I wonder if the driver knows it's a dead end at the edge of the cliff. Yeah. If he's seen where he was heading and stuff. Hey, wait. Let's see who this is. Hey, Casey. That man getting out. Holding his hands above his head. Yeah. Guy getting out behind him has a gun. Man. That guy with a gun is Blackie Owen. The racketeer? Yes. has a gun. He knew we'd seen what we have seen. Our lives wouldn't be worth a nickel. He's getting back in the car. He's driving away. Wait. Don't move from here. He turns off his branch road. Okay. Now let's go over and look at the body. Annie, Blackie Owens is one of the dirtiest gang leaders in this town. The cops have never been able to nail him. What we've just seen will send him to the chair and give us a front-page exclusive. Jack, I could kiss you. We wouldn't have been here if it hadn't been for you. Casey, how can you think of front pages when you've just seen a guy murdered? Well, get used to things like murder in the newspaper racket. Uh, hmm. Well, there he is. Do you uh, recognize him, Casey? I certainly do. That gives me a good reason not to be too unhappy about this shooting. The guy who just had his last ride was Twist Yakum. But he was Blackie Owen's chief gunman. That's right, Annie. Like he gave it to him right between the eyes. He's dead. At the last year's Daisy. Never seen a dead guy before. It's awful. Yeah. Remember that the next time you think of bumping yourself off, kid. Now come out of the car. Let me get a camera and shoot some pictures of it. There'll be no... Ah, what? Casey. Hello, Blackie. 
stick up your hands. All of you. Okay. I wouldn't have come back if I hadn't seen your car parked off the road after I turned the bend. It gave me the idea that there might have been witnesses to what occurred here a few minutes ago. And I don't want witnesses. He's going to kill us. Take it easy, Jack. The young man, unfortunately for all of you, is right. You see, I prepared a very good alibi for this evening that your testimony would kind of spoil. I'll give you all your choice. What would you like? Twenty eyes, like Jacko, through the heart and in the stomach. <laughs> you know, I pride myself that I never miss. If it's all the same to you, Blackie, I'd prefer not to be shot. Oh, yes, he's... Ah. Yeah, you should have known better than to stand so close to a guy you meant to plug. You got his gun, Casey. You got his gun. Yes, Casey. I have. Now, Blackie, we'll go to my car and get a camera and take some nice pictures of you. Well, I... Now, be good. Stick your hands in the air and get going. Okay, but don't you want this... What are you picking up there? <laughs> Can't you see? A pair of gloves. The lady dropped them when she stuck up her hands a minute ago. Oh, you leaving them on the road. Yeah, miss. Oh, yeah, they are my gloves. Hey, Casey! He's grabbed Let her go! Drop that gun you took from me, Casey. If you try to shoot it, you'll have to shoot through this same first. You're holding her in front of him. Go! Let me go! I always carry two gats, and you gave me a chance to get the second one, Sap. Go. Now drop that rod or I shoot this game. Go on. Drop it. You'll win, Blackie. Ah, I thought I would. Now get over there with your friends, oh, lady. I want to see you all in line like clay pipes in a shooting gallery. You're going to be first, kid. Me? Yeah. And you get it in the belly. Jack! Oh, killed him! Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Guess I'll save you to the last, Casey. Lady, you're next. I'm going to make this shot for Jack. Right between the eyes. <laughs> Those shots! Blackie's fallen! I got him, Casey. I got him, Mr. Williams. Jack, you shot him! The bullet he shot at me hit the seal of the cart that I wear for my back. I glanced off. But I pretended I was dead, and I, I fell close to the gun he made you drop, Casey. I... Oh, I, I, I've never shot anyone before. Boy, I'm glad you shot somebody this time, kid. I am a hero. I am a hero. <laughs> Join the crowd of the Blue Note in just a moment. Extra, extra, read all about it. Great new discovery makes beer and ale easy to enjoy. It's a new kind of bottle. A different kind of bottle. It requires no deposit. No fussing with pennies. You don't have to return it. No bother with empty. Just pour out the beer. And throw the bottle away. It's light as a feather. No arm-weary lugging. It's sturdy and compact. Saves space in the icebox. It's easy to open. And safe to drink from. It belongs on the table. It's at home on a picnic. And brother, what flavor? That true brewery flavor. Protect by glass. As only glass can protect it. Yes, the revolutionary new Anchor Glass one-way no-deposit bottle is sweeping America. For flavor that's brewery bright, demand beer in bottles. For safety and convenience, demand your favorite brand in the new Anchor Glass one-way no-deposit bottle. Product of Anchor Hawking. The most famous name in glass. Thank you.
Gracie, didn't you and Miss Williams kind of overdo that stuff about Wellington Cliffside in this morning's paper? No guy's ever been that much of a nature's noble man. <laughs> Boy, you'd have thought he was if you'd been there, Ethel. Uh-huh, I'm standing in our exact spot. Well, maybe you're right. How did it go down with his girlfriend, who wanted to be Casey's girlfriend? Well, <laughs> huh? she was... You know, she was barely civil to me when I saw her today with Jack. I understand they're engaged, too. Well, as my sister Edna says, quote, the only thing wrong with the younger generation is that it grows older. Unquote. What does that mean? Prime Photographer, starring Scott Scottsworth as Casey, is brought to you each Thursday by Anchor Hawking Glass Corporation. Makers of Fire King Oven Glass. Anchor Glass Containers. Anchor Caps and Closures. All products of Anchor Hawking. The most famous name in glass. Photographer is directed by John Beats. The original music is by Archie Blyer, and the program features Miss Jan Minor as Anne and John Gibson as Ethelbert. The part of Jack Cliffside was played by Jack Grind, and Herman Chittison is the Blue Note piano. This is Tony Marvin saying good night for the Anchor Hawking Glass Corporation of Lancaster, Ohio, with offices in all principal cities of the United States and Canada. Thursday night on CBS is the biggest show in town. So stay tuned for exciting dramatizations on Reader's Digest Radio Edition, which follows immediately over most of these stations. This is CBS, the Columbia Broadcasting System. Yeah, it's, it's out of control. Stop. 
happened to the pilot. It's headed out to sea. The Coast Guard is trying to get the plane in the air to follow it now. Oh, yeah? Where are you? I'm at the Blue Note. I thought so. Now, listen, Casey. Go home and sleep it off. I'll see you in the morning. Now, listen. Are you in fun? Yes. You ought to know better than to phone me in that condition. Now, go home and go to bed. Oh, stop it, Bert. I'm as sober as you are. I tell you this is a story. Okay, okay. So it's a story. What do you want me to do? Stay up all night waiting for you to get... Oh, that's... Well, Chief, I knew I could count on you. We're going down to the Coast Guard headquarters now and get all the dope we can. Maybe some pictures. Who's with you? Ann Williams. All right, you crazy loon. But this had better be good. If that helicopter turns out to be a Halloween witch on a broom, you shut the last picture for me. You get that? Get it? I know it by heart. Goodbye. Goodbye. It, it fell into the sea like a millstone and disappeared. Well, Casey, if 4,000 other people hadn't seen it, I wouldn't believe it. Whose plane was it? Well, the police say it was John Hampton. He had the only helicopter around here. Oh, yeah, I remember. Flew it in from his estate to the top of his office building every day. Oh, pioneer, Peter. And he's missing, huh? Yeah, he and Mrs. Hampton both. Well, take that stuff you've got to a rewrite man. Have one of the boys picked up an obituary. We've lost one of our leading citizens in a plane accident. And that's that. Now, listen, Bert. Casey doesn't think it was an accident. Oh, for Pete's sake. And why not? Bert, I think that dive into the ocean was planned. There's something phony about this story, and I want to track it down. All right, all right. What do you want to do? Go chasing geese again? You better let him, Bert. Someday, Casey, you'll go out and cover a story that I want covered. Now, go on. Get out of here. Thanks, Bert. Bert, I'll tell you, I'll make a bet with you. If I'm right about this, the drinks are on you. And right now, I'm going over to John Hampton's offices to see what I can find out. Oh, uh, you better take Williams with you. You just sit around and soak till you get back. Oh, Depot, thanks. Okay, Bert, we're on our way. You're, uh, Miss Gray, aren't you, Miss Matilda Gray? Yes, I'm... I was Mr. Hampton's secretary. Yes, what we want is material for a little story on Mr. Hampton. Do you think you can help us? He was a wonderful man. Everybody admired and respected Mr. Hampton. I don't know what else I can say. He owned this building, didn't he? Yes, the Hampton Importing Company occupies the top three floors. He liked the idea of having his office here in the penthouse. Mm -hmm. Is that the landing platform for his helicopter out there? Yes, that's it. You mind if I get a picture of it? Not at all. Uh, can you take it through the window? Now, let's see. Yes, I think so. Yeah, well, thank you. Now, could we have an agreement? Of me? Yes. If I... If I don't know, I... Okay. Hold it. Thanks. Well, that's one you won't have to look for in the express. Now, Miss Ray, what other interests did Mr. Hampton have? Business interests? Anything at all. Well, he had a little commercial movie studio, the Aristocrat Film Company. But that's been closed up for six months. Oh? Uh-huh. Where is that? At 292 Farmer Street. They made short commercial reels and trailers. But it was only sort of hobby with Mr. Hampton. Never made any money. Well, what do you know of Mr. Hampton's family? And Mrs. Hampton. She was alone when she married John. Mrs. Mr. Hampton. She had no living relatives. And he just had an uncle, uh, Robert K. Hampton. Oh, an uncle, eh? Where's he? 
Well, he lived somewhere on an island in the Celebes Sea. Not heard by the Japanese, I understand. He was sort of black sheep. Mr. Hamden hadn't heard from him for many years. Assumed he was dead or a prisoner until... Until? Well, maybe I couldn't tell you this. But shortly before his death, a letter came from Australia. I didn't open it, but when Mr. Hampton read it, he seemed terribly upset. Mimi told me it was from his uncle. Uh, do you have that letter now? No, I... Why, it seems to have disappeared. Uh, and this was just before his death? Yes, he, he may have had it in his pocket. Miss Gray, this uncle, was he by any chance mentioned in Mr. Hampton's will? Yes, I would say. All his money, the business, the building, everything. Oh, Mr. Casey, this is all a terrible nightmare. I can't believe that he's gone. I don't know where to turn. Oh, Miss Gray, it's all right. You mustn't go down. You need to rest a bit. Father, you know, you'll feel better. I'm... I'm all right. I'm sorry. If you just excuse me for a moment, I'll be right back. Why, certainly, Miss Gray. I'm sorry we upset you. Thank you. I'll be all right. Casey, you know something? what? A clue. He was in love with her boss. You think so? Mm -hmm. Why? Never mind. Just take a woman's word for it. What's the matter, young woman? Uh, Nothing. That is, you didn't start. Why should I frighten you? Well, you... You look like... And if I may ask... Who are you? What are you doing here? I'm just a reporter. Who is this young lady? I'm a reporter, too. What are reporters doing here? If you'll pardon me, sir, who are you? My name is Robert K. Hampton. I'm John Hampton's uncle. uncle had something to do with Hampton's death, huh? Well, look, a guy named the Black Sheep Uncle is beneficiary in his will and suddenly gets uh, a letter from him. From all reports, he's doing a suicide. And the next day, packed himself and his wife off in a plane for a double suicide. Lieutenant Logan pronounced it an accident. Yeah, well, it doesn't add up to me. This uncle ties in somehow. Come on, Ann, I gotta speak. Let's get out in the air. He might slow played in there as a blue note, I have no Beside him, 
nod to get going. Then he finds out that it's his wife and not his lady friend under the heavy drapes and that he's crossed him up. And by that time, he's so disgusted he dumps the whole thing in the drink. On what do you base these deductions, Jessica? Yes, mastermind. Tell us. Quote, he who tries to fool his wife ends up playing the fool himself. Unquote. You better stick to your books, Ethelbert. Leave the amateur detective. Yeah, and you know, Ethelbert, I wouldn't waste my time on five little peppers either. It's way over your head. Well, I... Uh-huh. Well, uh, to tell the truth, I'm having a tough time waiting through it. You got any ideas? Well, there's Gibbon's decline and fall of the Roman Empire. They got that in a book already? Sure. Well, it just declined and fell last September. <laughs> hey, look, Annie, you tell him. I'm going over and talk to her. Well, I don't blame you. You know, 
I never realized how much he'd got to look like me until I arrived and saw his picture here. Yes, it is a striking resemblance, sir. Your hair is gray instead of brown. Mm-hmm. And, of course, he had a mustache. Yeah, but anyone would think it for brothers otherwise. I think we're quite different. Well, after all, there were only seven years difference in our ages. I was just a kid when my brother's son, John, was born. Yeah, we were very sorry about what happened to your nephew, Mr. Hampton. These things are always kind of tough to take. Yes, they are. But, of course, it wasn't entirely unexpected. You know, I thought John would probably come to some violent end. Why, even as a kid, he was always keyed up. Couldn't relax. You should have taken things easier. Now look at me. I spent my youth bumming around the world. Never made much, but I had fun and got along. Then I found a spot where life was pleasant, and I settled down. Where was that? Surang Island, near Borneo. Paradise. Simply paradise. That is, until the Japs came along. Then I somehow managed to get out. Just by the skin of my teeth, too. Hmm. Yes. Now, well, here I am. You see, everything worked out pretty well. Yes, thanks to John Hampton and Sandy for her life. Miss Grace, you were saying... I... I'm sorry, Mr. Uh, do you mind if I take some pictures, Mr. Hampton? My paper wants to run a feature on you and your nephew. You know, your, your vastly different lives and activities, you know, the... The Hampton who traveled the earth and the Hampton who stayed at home. That's rather a good idea, Mr. Casey. Don't mind. Let's, let's try behind the desk there. All right. <clears throat> How's this? Uh, you'll pardon me, Mr. Hampton, but your your hair's a little must. You know, with such striking gray hair as you have, you you ought to have it looking its best. Oh, I'm sorry. I'll... Uh, no, 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 don't move. Miss Williams will arrange it. Oh, all right. Uh, have you got a call, ma'am? Uh-huh. It's been right in my bag. Now, just a second. There you are. Thank you. Fine, that's it. Now, Mr. Hampton, hold it. Want another? I'm sure that one picture should be enough. Miss Grace, you please. Well, we'll take one more. Just one more for good luck. Now, hold that just as you are, right there. Thank you. Oh, but I'm afraid I'm in that one, too. Your camera was pointed right at me. Well, we'll see when they're developed. Now, thank you both very much. Thank you. You know, Mr. Casey, uh, <clears throat> I'm uh, somewhat of a camera fan myself. Now that's so? Yes, taking pictures all my life. I have some beautiful shots of Sherang Island. I was wondering if, uh, if perhaps you couldn't print them along with the feature on my nephew and me. Not that I would want to monopolize the story, of course, no. But uh, I only thought it, uh, well, it might set off the differences in us. Mm. More dramatically. You know, give it a little added color. Yeah, sure. Sure, that might be an angle. Let's see the pictures. <laughs> yes, well, I have a few small ones in my wallet here. Uh-huh. The Jets got most of my stuff, of course. Oh, yes, I can imagine. Let me see now. Yes, here's the nice shot. Now, turn them out. Ah. Hey, look at this, Anne. Mm, beautiful. And this is a view of my uh, backyard, so to speak. Uh, looking north. Is that you and Hammett? Yes, that's me. I used the self-timer, set it, and then ran and got into the picture. Used a flexo camera with that 3.5 lens at 120 per second. Oh, it's not bad. What's this one? <laughs> so that's me again. Same trick. 
Uh, that was taken from the front porch. Looking south? Yes. Mm, that's lovely country. Looks almost like a stage setter. I think perhaps we're boring these people, Mr. Hampton. Yes, I, I'm afraid we are. No, no, really, not at all. I'd like to use these pictures. They're exceptional shots. Mm-hmm. And pictures always dress up a feature. Well, you're all right. But you will be careful to return them to me, won't you? They're the only prints I have, and I treasure them beyond worry. Don't worry, I'll treat them with kid gloves. Thank you, Mr. Casey. Well, that's all right. Now, I think we'd better be pushing off. Time and deadlines wait for no man. And no woman either. We're happy to meet you, Mr. Hatton, and we hope that you like it. I think I shall. Uh, take good care of the picture. Right. Look for him in the morning express. All right, thank you. Goodbye. I don't like that young man. He's too clever. Now, darling, take it easy. After all, he's only a newspaper photographer. Are you sure this article on you is a good idea? Of course. We'll need it. Why do you think I went to all that work to get those pictures? The public must be convinced, too. Now, don't worry, my dear. There'll be no slip-up. There better hadn't be. Not after 11 years of planning and waiting. Now that those people have the pictures, I must set fire to the evidence. You mean burn the negative? There are little fires and big fires. Oh. You mean... Yes. Tomorrow night, a nice big fire. Take this down to Logan and have him run some tests on it. 
I'll see you back here in about an hour. Yes, I expected that. Most murders are 
were very cautious to know where they where they flipped up. All right, I'll tell you, Mr. John Hampton. Oh. You guessed that too. Of course. You're not Robert K. Hampton. There never was any Robert K. Hampton. You never fled from the Japs on Chorang Island. You picked that place because it would be impossible to check your story. This whole thing was arranged between you and Miss Matilda Gray. You planned this for years and been in love with her for years. Go on. You drew your will to a fictitious uncle and probably faked up enough credentials so that you could appear to be that uncle. Um, then when the time came, all you had to do was drug your wife, put her in a helicopter. Yeah, it was just enough fuel to get over the ocean and set the controls and let her go. Don't you think the plan was clever? Fiendishly clever. And it was clever of you to spend ten years working out your disguise. Most criminals try to change their identity by putting on a disguise. You achieved a change by taking one off. One you had worn for ten years. You shaved your mustache, bleached the dye out of your hair, and then came down here and took a few pictures of yourself in a tropical setting. Then, the very next day, you turned up as the long-lost uncle, inheriting all your own money, and in a position to marry Miss Matilda Gray. I fooled everyone but you, Mr. Casey. Tell me... Why did you suspect me? Well, being a photographer, maybe I looked too closely at your pictures. And you made the mistake of using the same sky in all of them. Oh. Clever of you to notice it. Well, you picked up on one other little thing, too. Say, remember when I combed it for you, Captain? Yes, under the police microscope, a strand of your hair still showed traces of brown dye. It's those little things, Mr. Hatton. Perhaps. And then, of course, you... You should never have let me get a picture of Matilda Gray off guard. For although she treated you badly and seemed to hate you, her love showed up in the face as plainly as though it were written there. Very interesting. And as Anne told me, a woman like Matilda Gray couldn't love two men. It turned out she didn't. Both men were you. Quite right. Now, before you have a chance to turn this story over to the police, I'm afraid I shall have to shoot you both. I uh, wonder if you'd mind shooting me first. The sight of blood, you know. You can't afford a joke, Miss Williams. Oh, no. I, I don't want to be too near. May I stand over there by those ropes? Wherever you wish. Thank you. Good girl, honey. Good girl, boy. That's doing it. Okay. Uh, I got his gun. Wow, oh, that drops your beat. Easy, baby. Yeah. Well, he won't know it for an hour or so. Gee, kid, nice going. Well, darling, you told me not to pull that knot. And... Annie, Annie, this was an inspiration. I could just about kiss you. Oh, so I've got to save your life to deserve one stingy little kiss. Oh, please, Uncle Buck. How much is Sasparilla? 
Washington once said, quote, He who partakes only of nature's liquors has the pleasure of remaining sober and paying the check, unquote. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.